from rampant masculinity. His face was raw-boned and lean, with skin the color of an old gold coin. Hooded eyes were nearly as black as his hair. His full lips were shadowed by a day or two's growth of beard that gave him a rough and dangerous look. Though he skimmed under six foot and was leanly built, he made her delicately furnished office resemble a doll's house. What was worse was the fact that he wore work clothes. Dusty jeans and a sweaty t-shirt with a pair of scarred boots that left a trail of dirt across her pale carpet. They hadn't even bothered with the junior executive, she thought, as her lips firmed, but had sent along a common laborer who hadn't had the sense to clean up before the interview. You're Hayward? The insolence in the tone and the slight hint of a Slavic accent had her imagining him striding up to a campfire with a whip tucked in his belt. The misty romance of the image made her tone unnecessarily sharp. Yes, and you're late. His eyes narrowed, fractionally, as they studied each other across the desk. Am I? Yes. You might find it helpful to wear a watch. My time is valuable if yours is not, Mr. Stanislavski. He hooked his thumbs in the belt loops of his jeans, shifting his weight easily, arrogantly, onto one hip. Sydney's a man's name. She arched a brow. Obviously you're mistaken. He skimmed his gaze over her slowly, with as much interest as annoyance. She was pretty as a frosted cake, but he hadn't come straight and sweaty from a job to waste time with a female. Obviously, I thought Hayward was an old man with a bald head and a white mustache. You're thinking of my grandfather. Ah, then it's your grandfather I want to see. That won't be possible, Mr. Stanislavski, as my grandfather's been dead for nearly two months. The arrogance in his eyes turned quickly to compassion. I'm sorry. It hurts to lose family. She couldn't say why, of all the condolences she had received, these few words from a stranger touched her. Yes, it does. Now if you'll take a seat, we can get down to business. Cold, hard, and distant as the moon. Just as well, he thought. It would keep him from thinking of her in more personal ways, at least until he got what he wanted. I have sent your grandfather letters, he began as he settled into one of the trim Queen Anne chairs in front of the desk. Perhaps the last were misplaced during the confusion of death. An odd way to put it, Sidney thought, but apt. Her life had certainly been turned upside down in the past few months. Correspondence should be addressed to me. She sat, folding her hands on the desk. As you know, Hayward Enterprises is considering several firms. For what? She struggled to shrug off the irritation of being interrupted. I beg your pardon? For what are you considering several firms? If she had been alone, she would have sighed and shut her eyes. Instead, she drummed her fingers on the desk. What position do you hold, Mr. Stanislavski? Position. Yes. Yes, what is it you do? The impatience in her voice made him grin. His teeth were very white and not quite straight. You mean, what is it I do? I work with wood. You're a carpenter. Sometimes. Sometimes, she repeated and sat back.
Behind her, buildings punched into a hard blue sky. Perhaps you can tell me why Howington Construction sent a sometimes carpenter to represent them in this interview. The room smelled of lemon and rosemary and only reminded him that he was hot, thirsty, and as impatient as she. I could, if they had sent me. It took her a moment to realize he wasn't being deliberately obtuse. You're not from Howington? No, I'm Mikhail Stanislavski, and I live in one of your buildings. He propped a dirty boot on a dusty knee. If you're thinking of hiring Howington, I would think again. I once worked for them, but they cut too many corners. Excuse me. Sidney gave the intercom a sharp jab. Janine, did Mr. Stanislavski tell you he represented Howington? Oh, no, ma'am. He just asked to see you. Howington called about ten minutes.